Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower Henny. On today's podcast, you're going to hear about pet custody. Yay. Woof, woof. I was, I was almost going to say Susan doesn't have any pets, but she has pets. I do. I have two cats. And do you know that in my will, you're going to get my two cats? I think you told me that. Only if, well, actually, I don't think my husband wants them even if just I die. So then you'll have four cats. But I'm not going to die soon. That's a good plan, not to die soon. I, I don't have my pets covered in my will. Maybe that's something that I should talk about with my estate planning attorney, Tasha. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you have pretty easy access to Tasha. I do. I do. Um, and we will talk about that down the road, about how you can plan for your pets and your um, estate plan. But today, we're really going to focus on like how pets are dealt with when um, couples divorce. Yes. So They are definitely dealt with. Yeah. We have stories. Lots of stories. We're dealing with um, a lot of horse cases right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not just, you know, the dog, the family dog. There's a lot more to it. Sometimes it's a lizard. Really? Or a snake. Do you like to ride horses? Um, No. (laughs) I'm laughing because I can't picture you on a horse. I, I actually have a fear of horses. I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but I'm afraid of horses. What's the fear of horse phobia? Equinophobia, maybe? I don't know. That's a good one. I mean, that's a good guess. I, so I didn't grow up with um, a dog, and I didn't grow up near like a, a family farm where I got to be around horses. So I went to camp in fifth grade, and they put me on like the old lady horse. And they were like, uh, and it was just like walk around the circle. There was no trail or anything. And um, so that's been, that's the only time I've ever ridden a horse. Oh, I thought there was more to it. Like you fell off or something. No. So the phobia is from what? No, the phobia probably existed before the old lady horse. I think the phobia is the fear of the unknown and that they're very large. And to me, in my mind, Animals in general are unpredictable, right? Like, so aren't people are too, right? Yeah, but I almost <laughs> feel like I'm more likely to get kicked by a horse than a person. What's the fear of people? Hum- humanophobia. Well, if you're if it's a crowd, isn't, isn't that agoraphobia? I don't know. I don't know either. But okay, so pet custody. Pet custody. So um, a couple of things to think about when going into a divorce and you have pets, right? Like, um, I think people don't think about this. You know, they're thinking about their kids, they're thinking about the house, they're thinking about their money. Um, and maybe, you know, I probably if they have 10 horses, they're thinking about the horses. But if they have one horse, maybe, or a dog. Does anyone ever have one horse? I think so. Oh, I'm not, I don't have a horse, so. I feel like horses are a multiple thing. But I may be wrong. Well, so I think there's like horses where people have an acreage and they have a lot of land and they have three or four horses and then they maybe 
house other people's horses. Right. And that's where I think, like the people I know that own horses, they own them because their kids ride them and then they store them at the farm that's, you know, out, you know, three or four miles out of town. So a lot of things that happen in our cases for horses, we're starting with horses, is horses are expensive. No kidding. Um, so that so there's the people that either have the horses on their own property or when they store them, which I think is called boarding, um, they have to pay really expensive boarding fees. So then when you talk about a divorce, we often are talking about who actually wants the horses and who then actually wants to pay for the boarding because it's often not the same person. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think the bottom line for people to know is in Nebraska, pets are viewed as property. Right. They aren't viewed as another family member, another child. They're treated like any other piece of property in the divorce. Like the couch. Or the toaster, Jeep. Or the house, even. It's going to be potentially divided. You're going with the higher value things. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think of all the different property pieces that we think about when right. we're doing a divorce. And you throw dog, cat, horse, snake, whatever it might be in that category. So property in a divorce is split, usually equitably. Um, and that can be 50-50, or something else, depending on the judge or the settlement that happens. So how do you split a dog 50-50? Well, you don't. Well, you can, right? You can have, and you don't call it a parenting plan, but you have a pet custody plan. So we've done those. Um, and then within those pet custody plans, people have to talk about the cost. So are they sharing the vet costs? What happens when their dog gets older? Um, transportation. Sometimes people will transport the dog with the kids right so they'll drop off the kids with the dog and the dog will go where the kids go and I think sometimes that works out pretty well if the dog isn't huge right that wouldn't work with my dog who's kind of like a horse let me ask you this in your experience when you're writing these pet custody agreements does one person ultimately own the dog then and then it just kind of goes, or is it, I, it probably falls on the person that's agreed to pay all the expenses. Yeah, it's definitely unique in every situation. So we can write them where one person is awarded the dog and the other person just gets visitation rights. See, this is starting to sound like your children, right? Right. But, but also, it isn't. Something that's really important, though, too, is sometimes people don't have kids, right? So sure. then the dog and the cat or the horse or the lizard and the snake are literally their children, right? So this becomes a really important piece for them where also because sometimes people have to have one thing to argue about. And if there aren't kids, then they argue about the pets and all of that. But... So it's really important, I think, for the people that don't have kids that this becomes their child in that alternative sense. So I just finished a case, like literally the ink is probably still wet, and the people had no children, and they had a dog. When they um, they were living together at the beginning of their case, and they sold the house, 
And so that's when that's when the separation occurred. So it was kind of in the middle of the case. She took the dog with her. Um, he didn't offer any payment, any, you know, here's some money for the dog. I want to see the dog, nothing. Um, and our client was really um, active with the dog. She was very outdoorsy, is very outdoorsy, would take the dog with her everywhere, kind of gotten this like dog walking group in her neighborhood. Um, they would walk together and socialize and it was very social for her. And at the end of the case, he, he said he wanted the dog. And that was surprising because she had had the dog the whole time. He'd never mentioned anything about the dog. And then he said he wanted the dog. And at that point, you know, her, that caused her emotions to go very high because she was caught off guard, didn't think this was coming, and then was like, you know, how dare he at this point in the case? Now you're asking about the dog? You know, you haven't said one thing about the dog the whole time. So then we did the whole thing like, well, initially, who paid for the dog? Who did, who does, did the day-to-day grooming? Who did the day-to-day cleanup after the dog? Who walked the dog? Who took the dog to the vet? Just like you do with kids almost, right? You start talking about who cared for the kids to help determine if maybe that parent should have custody. And also one of the factors that's important in Nebraska law is who licensed the dog at the Humane Society, whose name. And while that doesn't always matter for things like title on a house or a car, that can be one factor that plays into who should be awarded a pet if a judge ultimately has to make a decision. Right. Yeah. Have you ever had a trial on a pet custody? I have not. So in my case, it did ultimately... So we did a settlement response and we laid out all the factors of like, listen, she's been the person who's cared for the dog. It was her idea to get the dog. He agreed to it, but it, she was the one who went and picked up the dog, blah, blah, blah. And um, we didn't hear anything back on that. So I think that they just were like, oh yeah, we're not going to win that if we go to court. So, so I have not litigated a animal ever. My only litigation experience with an animal was with a camel. A camel? A camel. I think it was only one hump, which became very important between valuation of one hump versus two hump. And so the story was... (laughs) This is going to be good. our, Our clients had live nativity scenes. And so when they got divorced... It was clear, if I recall, that one person was the person who was always the nativity person set up. And so that person um, was going to receive all the animals. And apparently no one cared about the other value of the goats. And what else is in a nativity scene? Three wise men. Animals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, cheap barnyard animal type things. I don't know. No bears. No. It's illegal to own a bear in Nebraska. I, I don't even think you can get a license. I did have to look that up one time. So it came down to the camel. And I don't even recall if our client or the other client, the other party got the camel or what. But we were arguing over the value of a camel. And we did some research on Google of how you value a camel, like if you had to sell it. And then I don't think you can actually sell camels. It was this whole thing. Interesting. All I recall was that it came down to one hump versus two humps. The value is different? Yes. So that's another thing to think about is 
since an animal is considered property, if one person gets it, right? Like if client A gets the camel and they're very, very valuable, I don't know how much, do you recall how much they said camels go for? It was over $10,000. Oh, wow. So yeah. (laughs) And if you think about some of our judges' reactions, and I won't name which judge we were in front of, uh, but that this judge has been on the bench for a while and this judge specifically said, I didn't think I'd ever hear about evaluation of a camel, but here we are. Well, and $10,000 is not something to just brush off. Right. So that $10,000 goes in that person's column for property settlement or property equalization. And then if all things being equal, you get the camel, you're up $10,000. Right. And you got to pay out to the other person. That's right. I saw two I saw two two hump camels recently. Locally? No, when we we were in Madison, were you Wisconsin. In Egypt? Oh. Madison, <laughs> we were Wisconsin. In, we were in Madison, Wisconsin, and we went to the zoo and they had two two hump camels. And one they, of them's more exotic than the other one. The humps <laughs> I have no idea uh which is more exotic than the other, but we we pondered if a camel's more more closely related to a deer, a horse, a giraffe, for a long time. This, these are things I talked to my kid about when trying to get his brain, you know. And ultimately, he decided the camels were really cute. And if he could ever ride one, that maybe he would want to. But, but more related to which? We, we thought that their feet look a lot like the feet of deer. Yes. So, so I don't based know. on the feet. It's a deer. It's a, it's a, yeah, in the deer family, but very valuable at $10,000 plus probably. Have you ever ridden a camel? Okay, I've ridden a horse once. Oh, I have. <laughs> you think I've ridden a camel? So now we have a phobia of camels. There's, there's got to be a thing. Well, for that. and I also feel like you shouldn't really just ride on animals. But at like, at like a circus or something? You don't, you didn't get on one? Elephant? We will have to talk about my hatred of circuses another time. Okay, but as a child, no, maybe you didn't have no, the hatred yet. No, I did not ride on any. I've not ridden exotic animals. I don't have know you? if the yes, <laughs> yes, we did all those things as as children. <laughs> I I definitely rode an elephant. What you know? At where a you circus? Just, yeah, you get on, and there's like the little baskety thing, and you just sit there, and maybe it walks like ten feet. Wow! And you feel like you're like in a safari, but really you're just at a circus. Huh? Interesting. I have to ask my mom though. I don't think we've ever ridden a camel. I'm just the only reason I wonder if about riding a camel is is it better on one humps or two? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, I cannot speak to this in any way. Um, I would think the two humps would feel more stable. <laughs> you're sitting in the middle of the if two humps. If you're in between them. <laughs> I don't know. So the, the other thing I was going to say about pet custody is, you know, it doesn't come up all the time when we do divorces. And a lot of people have pets, right? Sure. So they are able to have a discussion about what's going to happen with the family dog or cat or whatever it is. And oftentimes, I think when we talk to our clients, like, do you have a dog? What do you want to do with it? Sometimes people don't want the dog and the dog's more work. But sometimes it has to do with where are you going to live after, you know, oh, during yeah. the during the pendency of the divorce. And if you have a big dog and you may, maybe you have to live in a rental property for a year, sometimes people just physically can't take the dog with them. Yeah. 
or maybe they're living, you know, with friends or family who really couldn't have either another pet or there's allergies. So those are things to think about. One of the things I think that helped potentially in in the case that I was talking about before, like had we gone to trial, the fact that the dog had been living with her the whole time, I think is a little bit of, uh, would have helped her. Um, And it wasn't something that we did talk about in the beginning of the case. So she was smart in when, when she moved out to take the dog with her to keep continuing to care for the dog. So I think, you know, people always ask us, well, I'm going to move out of the house. Should I take my kids or is that viewed as abandonment? And we all say, you know, no, not really anymore. That's not a not thing. Not unless you leave your kids at home alone. Right. <laughs> or you move to California and your kids are here. That's probably not looked on too great from the judge. But if it's if it's a dog, I would I would tend to probably advise someone, if you want the dog, take the dog with you. Yeah. Because... Otherwise, it's it's harder to get it back later. Same with the camel. Yeah, I guess I'm using the word dog as any pet. Including a camel. But it seems that mostly <laughs> mostly dogs are the thing. Now, horses probably aren't even at the house. Right. So that's a big thing. I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something really... Oh, the, okay. So the other situation is when... And I remember the one case where pet custody was really important is there were two dogs. And so in my mind, also being a dog owner without kids, and this couple did not have kids, so the dogs were their children. In my mind, I was like, well, easy. You each take one. That's simple. That was not an option because apparently for both of these people, they both agreed that the dogs had to be together. And so it was really, truly, it came down to that issue in a settlement Um, and I don't even recall what happened and I should have, but that case ended abruptly. Um, and so I think one person got both dogs and it ended up coming down to one person owned one of the dogs before the marriage and during the marriage, they got the second dog. And so because they decided the dogs needed to be together. The other thing that I often think about too is, And I've told clients this, when they have kids and a dog, and they're arguing over the dog, and maybe the kids are, that's already figured out, they have a parenting plan that's all solid, sometimes I will advise a client, go get the new puppy, right? Leave the old dog, now I have an old dog, so I love the old dog, but leave the old dog with your spouse, and then you get the fun new puppy, and you can have the fun new puppy at your house. Sometimes I'll advise a client of that. Hmm. And then if that other person is like, well, they have to stay together, then the old dog eventually moves in with the new puppy? No, you get the new puppy after you separate. Oh. And so then it's... Oh, you get a new puppy. (laughs) Yes. So then it's like the kids are excited to be at your house because you have a puppy. Oh, yeah. We see that a lot in divorces. Yeah. Now that you say that, like I do see a lot of people who especially if they're the one to move out of the house, they get a dog. Right. They, and maybe they didn't even have a dog before. Right. So maybe divorces increase pet sales. I think a lot of people got pets in the pandemic too. <laughs> yes. Like that was a huge thing, especially dogs. We're staying home a lot more. Yeah. So they wanted a dog or maybe a cat. So you had a cat. Well, you have two, but you had one that was how old? My Well, we knew she was at least 22. 
she was a stray from the very beginning. And so she had been living with people for 22 years. So 22 plus. Yeah. I shake my head in disbelief all the time. Every time you say that. I currently have a cat that's 18. That's amazing. I'm really good at longevity on cats. This is why you're getting my two cats if I die. Well, I can't. And they're not staying with my husband if I die first. <laughs> my my 18-year-old I got as a kitten. So I can say that it's due to my care that on him. So, wow. Yeah. So I have a 12-year-old Great Dane, which is pretty good. Yeah. She's starting to go downhill a little bit, literally, in her backside. Your dog, as a Great Dane, your dog is huge. But for a Great Dane, she's actually small. Right. right? She's like mini. Yeah, she's only 100 pounds. And how much is an average Great Dane? I think an average female Great Dane is at least 120. There's a Great Dane in my neighborhood that would make Maya look like Maya was this Great Dane's baby. So it's probably a male. Males can are average-ish 200 pounds. Jeez. More like a camel. Or another human that lives in your house. Like, Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I've never had a dog. Never, ever, ever. My mom grew up um, breeding. Her family was, they bred Cocker Spaniels. and But we never had a dog. Like, that's weird, right? Like, you would think she would have wanted a dog. I might have listed my dog to you in my will, too. I Uh-oh. can't remember. But she'll pass before I do, I think. So that's good, because you have no experience with dogs. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I do not have any experience with dogs. I think you'd figure it out. I do have a fenced yard, so that's positive. Didn't your son have some animal in a cage recently? We have no caged animals at our house. We've thought about it, but like a guinea pig we've thought about. We've thought about. I, I've kind of wanted to get a rabbit but and like litter box train the rabbit and... All of that. I'm crinkling my forehead. That you can like care for a rabbit like a like a cat. And since we really like cats, we kind of thought, well, rabbits. Might I be suppose easy. I crinkled my forehead at the litter box, like another litter box. That's the thing I hate about with my cats. Everything else, I don't mind. Yeah. Um. So my niece, who's my almost my same age, um, was very involved in rabbit rescues. Um, growing up and then when she got married and they had a house before they had kids they had a rabbit room so they always were rescuing rabbits and it was a bedroom in their house and they put up a baby gate and it was the rabbit's room and it like literally was like hardwood floor linoleum or something and they had that like grassy stuff and they had like little bedding and they had a food area and they had um, so they would go in there and they I think they had litter boxes and they would clean it Ah. But like people buy rabbits at like Easter for their kids and they think they're so great, but then they don't know how to take care of them or they forget that pets are work. Since you said rabbit rescue, I've furled my brow. I'm shocked was, by this. They were really cute. But they, she's not picking up rabbits from the wild and bringing no, no, them no. in. These okay. are like, they're like long haired rabbits, some of them, like show rabbits. Um, My husband's sister-in-law and brother they used to live on an acreage. They did raise rabbits for show, like 4-H. What? Like in the country. Like 4-H, you know, like people would raise a cow or a goat. So they would raise rabbits. So they had these long-haired, really beautiful rabbits. And then they would sell some of them or trade them. And then they would eat them. Did, 
Oh my god! I know. They ate a Did lot. Did they of do rabbit. races or anything like no, jackrabbits? Like, no, no, they're like pretty. Like they're to look at, like different coats wow. and different. You know, I like never the chicken knew. thing. Have you seen the chickens? They I have mean, the different colors. It's yeah. the same thing. I just saw a picture on Instagram of like all these pretty nice looking farm eggs from the chicken, and it was nice looking. <laughs> Bunnies don't lay eggs. Did you know that? No. Well, I think I. And now that you said that, I know that, right? Yeah. Um, chickens lay eggs. So when they came out with the movie Marmaduke. Is that the name? Marmaduke? Yeah, the big. Apparently everyone wanted to get a Great Dane. Yep. And they as puppies, the Great Danes are super cute. But like immediately they get to be 100 plus pounds within, you know, a month. Yeah. And then everyone was having to get rid of the Great Dane because it got big. They say that happened after the 101 Dalmatians came out too. Everyone wanted a Dalmatian. And Dalmatians have like temperament issues. They're yes. not supposedly very nice dogs. Right. And people with kids were getting them, and then they were biting or attacking kids. Yeah. So then there was probably a lot of them in rescues. So my, but, hus- oh. my husband hates when I ask, if we got divorced, what would happen? But if you got divorced, what would happen with your cats? Um, It depends on why I was getting divorced. I mean, like, so our old cat is definitely my husband's, like, buddy. Like, they cuddle they he he carries him around he he's always sleeps next to him so since we have two probably we would each take one. Oh, they don't need to be together they attack each other oh i mean they they have that like love hate cat relationship yeah so i i think they would be fine being separate great so what what's your conversation with your husband? Well, he definitely doesn't want the cats. You might just get the cats if we get divorced. Uh, A we, neutral third party gets the animal. yes. Uh, I'll give you some money to take care of them. No, we love our cats. You know, they're just it's a cat thing. Um, but I I think our dog really is probably on her some of her last days. So we haven't had that conversation because I don't I don't think we're getting divorced before our dog dies or maybe ever. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she's on her last days and, um, we're just, you know, cuddling with her a little extra. Yeah. She gets to do stuff she wasn't allowed to do before. So she used to have only like a pig year once, maybe once a week if, you know, we were like, oh, she was really good. She gets like two pig ears a a day now. Is that something that they eat? Yes. It's kind of, it's hard. I've seen them, yeah. Like a bone a little bit. Yeah. She doesn't have the biggest appetite, but we're like, well, I guess if you'll eat two pig ears, that's some food in you. Um, So pig ears, that's her thing. They have pig snouts. We're getting way off topic. But these are the things, right? If you want the pet custody in your divorce, you're going to have to think about, do you also want the cost of the pet? Yeah. So when we use the word custody, we're really kind of using it loosely as not a legal term because there really is no law in Nebraska that says pets can be have you know one person can have custody of a pet right ultimately the decree would say you are awarded the pet right unless the two spouses want to make an agreement that they're going to somehow share the time because you can share time with the couch right or a toaster if you want to transfer the toaster (laughs) back and forth with the kids Right. You can do that. So just the same as a dog or a cat. I don't think cats transfer very well from home to home, do they? Uh, mine would not. <laughs> None. Any cat I've ever owned would not. 
yeah, not, not a good thing, but like maybe some caged animals also would be able to go back and forth. Um, probably not a camel back and forth. <laughs> if you own a camel, don't you own probably like a trailer for your camel too? And I don't, yeah. I don't know. And all the goats and what else did we decide in a nativity scene? We, we, we just said barnyard animals. We don't know. I'm guessing you could probably put almost anything in a nativity scene and people would just look at the camel. Like a monkey? <laughs> would sure. they wonder why there's a monkey there? <laughs> you know, none of us were actually there. We don't know, right? So. so I think the things to remember as far as pets go in a divorce is there's a lot of different situations that can be, you know, result in your in your decree with your pet. It's whether maybe the two of you are going to agree what happens to the pet or you need to talk through it in negotiation. But it's also it comes with those other aspects of who's actually caring for the pet. It's not just the pets, the fun fun thing, right? Right. And and, I, and it, a lot of it goes into like you said, who takes care of the pet? Who's the person that takes the pet to the vet? So if you are thinking about getting divorced, start taking care of your pet extra. Yeah. Be the pooper picker-upper. That was one thing when I was in that case, I was like, okay, how do I, you know, how do we talk about this? So, you know, who gives the dog a bath? Who takes the dog on a walk? Who makes sure the dog's food is stocked up? You know? I mean, that's what happens with me. It's like the end of the night, it's 1030 and we have no cat food in the house. And I'm like, uh, and then I, I will oh, eat your face off. I, I don't want that to happen or your garbage <laughs> or other stuff that makes a mess. So I'm the one that drives out in the bad weather or the middle of the night and goes buys more cat food. My husband, I don't even think would know what kind of cat food to buy. Where do you buy cat food at 10 o'clock at night? Well, you know what I mean. Oh. Well, or I get it the very next morning, first thing, and yeah. And and the other thing to think about, too, kind of to go back to what you were saying, is if if you are going to keep the, the pet and it's a very valuable pet, there might be a dollar amount attached to it that you're going to have to offset and equalize with the other person. Right. Some dogs also can have a, a value, right? I mean, you might have a show dog. Sure. I mean... Dogs, when people buy dogs from breeders, they're pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah. Have you heard about my mom's cat breeding purchases? Yes. <laughs> but I don't, I guess we've never talked about the numbers, but your mom says that she buys the ones that they say they can't sell for top dollar because they aren't quite the right shape or form or coat color. I don't even know what kind. Burmese? Are they Burmese? But they have the face smashed in like Garfield. So if it's not smashed in and it doesn't look like Garfield, then they're not as expensive, but they're still ex expensive. Huh. Anyway, so there's a takeaway for you. They're really small cats too. I, in the ones she has anyway, they are, they're really cute. I think she's been through like five of them from this breeder. She's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> the breeder's like, if I have one of these cats, I know who to call Debbie. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. Please like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast and give us a five-star review on Apple. If you want to know more about our firm, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rep Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.